Hey, babe. What's up? So I'm on Pet Finder mm-hmm. and I found something for us. Mm-hmm. And I know you wanted a cat. Mm-hmm. And you know I wanted a dog, but mm-hmm. I found a guard llama. Yes. Get it. How much does it cost? I will sell literally every piece of my body to own a llama. You might need to sell the blog. Oh my God. Done. It's over. Hi, we're Leah and Jeremy. We're the accident-prone travelers behind Practical Wanderlust. And we're here to dish out travel tips, travel tricks, useful trivia, useless trivia, mildly entertaining anecdotes, and everything else you need to avoid making all of our terrible, 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 terrible mistakes. And we make a lot of mistakes. I'm so excited for today's episode. It's actually going to be like a mega episode. It's going to be two episodes. Two episodes. It's like a magnum opus from our lives. It is probably the most interesting thing we've ever done. Yeah, we're really boring outside of this one thing that we did that was kind of cool. I made I made copycat homeroom one time. That was really exciting. Nobody knows what homeroom is if they don't live in the Bay Area. Homeroom is this glorious place in Oakland that only serves mac and cheese. How is this relevant? We're talking about the year-long honeymoon. I don't know, but it... I'm hungry. All right. This is the year-long... Hungry for adventure. Oh, my God. This is the year-long honeymoon episode at long last. Because I feel like we've been alluding to our honeymoon in like every other episode. But we're finally going to tell the tale. We're going to run through our entire year of traveling. And some change. Yeah, it's like a year plus. Yeah. We'll kind of skip the end because we were just like holing up in San Francisco being sad or whatever. And then realizing, holy shit, the Bay Area is expensive. God, we were so broke. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go through the whole thing, like what happened, how it changed us, how we discovered ourselves, blah, blah. We didn't, by the way, spoilers, none of that happened. We're not going to, but you guys should know before this starts, this is not like a how-to guide. We get a lot of questions of like, how did you have such a long honeymoon? And that is not what we're going to talk about here. That is going to come at a future episode. But this yeah. is just us telling the tale. Yeah. Don't like take notes on this as if this is the way to do it. Because honestly, if you're going to do a year long honeymoon, what you sh- like do as we say, not as we do. Right. Like I have a whole blog full of helpful tips to help you plan your year long honeymoon. What I don't want you to do is what we did, which is ass fucking backwards. Like we did the whole thing super wrong. One of my closest friends, Tom often tells people about our honeymoon. Wow. Often tells people about our honeymoon and he says, they went to the world's most beautiful places and everything went wrong. Yeah, that's a really good tagline. I don't know why we aren't like just using that. We should pay Tom some royalties. No, we're just gonna steal that. All right. We're stealing that. Sorry, Tom. But yeah, we are incredibly disaster prone and honestly, we knew that before we went on the honeymoon. But I feel like we thought that somehow we would be better. Like if like we would just get good at it with practice, maybe, you know, like pra- you practice something enough, you get good at it. We thought maybe travel was the same way. 10,000 hours. What up, Malcolm Gladwell? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about this on the Columbia episode where we thought we were going to be these like amazing people. And then that just never happened. No, like everybody always talks about long term travel, like, oh, you find yourself and you discover that deep down within you're this just goddess of abs who does yoga at sunrise every day. And you're not a couch potato who sits around and watches Netflix every night. And you know what? I am a couch potato who sits around and watches Netflix every night. That's what I did every single night our our entire year long honeymoon. That's all I ever did. Like, I just watch Netflix in various cool places. For those people that do think that travel is just this thing that's just going to automatically change you and you're going to become, like, Gaia or whatever, they're either way better people than we are or bullshitting. Totally bullshitting. So I don't know Call which on one's that. true. Yeah. It just... And here's the thing is, like, 
And I hope that this comes across. It's okay, y'all. It's okay to not be like, you know, an Instagram yoga princess in Bali all the time. You know, it's fine. We had a great time on our honeymoon. It was a disaster. Everything that we did was just fraught with horrible mistakes. And that's that's great. It was a blast. We got all these stories out of it, like so many stories. And we had this podcast now to tell those stories. So you know what? It did change our lives. Thanks, honeymoon. Boom. Boom. If, if we could high five you, we would. So let's turn the clocks way back because originally this wasn't even supposed to be a honeymoon. No, this was my like YOLO, like living life to the fullest. I'm in my 20s. I can do what I want. Like awesome trip by myself. I don't even know you, bro. Who are you? I don't even fucking know you. <laughs> so I had just moved to the Bay Area and I was like 22 and I was like, well, I'm 22. I got a job. I got money. And I, anyway, I was really annoying. I was like going to a lot of clubs uh, in San Francisco, doing a lot of dancing. And I had traveled on my way to San Francisco. I spent like a month um, road tripping across the U.S. to get to San Francisco. I had spent two weeks backpacking. Um, long story short, I won a scholarship, but I was graduating. So I was like, can I just have the money? And they were like, yeah, sure. Anyway, I had done some traveling and I had actually done the traveling with my ex. Another long story short, I broke up with him in like five different countries and I'm really sorry. I feel like a real asshole about it. But I realized on that trip that I really enjoyed traveling. Like to a point, like I always, you know, I grew up, I had travel idols in my life. I had my grandmother, my parents are both avid travelers. I knew I liked it, but that was the first trip that I ever planned on my own. And I, it was like the perfect, like, I'm in my early 20s and I'm traveling. And even though I was like dumping this dude the whole time and it was actually really, really fucked up for him, probably, probably was probably not a good trip for the guy that I was breaking up with. Anyway, I had a great time. So I sat down at my corporate desk after this awesome, amazing, like transformative month of travel. And I like, I just looked at my computer and I was like, here I am. Is this it? Is, is this is it? I'm just at this job now forever. How much vacation time do I have? Oh, two weeks? And that includes sick? That's it? And I was like, oh, fuck this. So I decided that I was going to have a trip, a long trip, all on my own. That was my, like, my life goal, right? And I worked for that goal for five long years. I sat behind that corporate job and I dreamed of this trip and I saved and I scrimmed and I lived in a tiny little apartment and I got rid of my car and I was like, I'm doing it. This is my dream. I'm going to make it my reality. And then I met you. So before I had met Leah, my family did not travel that much. We did not really have the means or the time to take a lot of trips. So we drove everywhere. We had like a little trailer in the woods that my that my grandparents took care of. We had family in San Diego. One time we took the world's worst road trip to Seattle. Oh my God. We fought for two days straight, the entire family. It was awful. Well, that sounds like National Lampoon's vacation or something though. Yeah, except that's all like fun. This was more like... I can't believe you lost my one-of-a-kind sunglasses and sold it for weed. That sounds like our trip to Colombia. Yeah, well. So anyway, long story short, we were saying that phrase a lot today so far, I understand. But I didn't really travel as much as Leah growing up, and I didn't really have travel icons. And it was always something that I thought, maybe I'm just not the person who travels. Maybe those people exist, but I'm probably the type of person that needs to find joy and fulfillment in his own backyard, because I just felt like that was something that was not 
within reach for everybody. Yeah, I definitely grew up with a lot more privilege than Jeremy, which, you know, it is what it is, right? Sometimes you're born and you're born with privilege and you just try to make decisions every day to be grateful for that privilege and to do good with the privilege that you're given. But that's that's just facts, right? I I was born privileged and I grew up privileged and that's why I got to travel growing up. So travel was not unfamiliar to me when I met Jeremy, but it was unfamiliar to you. Yeah, and... You know, I think it's important to say that, like, taking off and just jet-setting off somewhere, that's a privileged move. And it's not something that everybody gets to enjoy, and it's not something everybody gets to do. But there are, you know, there's different ways that you can expand your worldview. It doesn't always have to be jetting off for a year. Right. We we don't want you to listen to this and feel bad. Um, If anything, you should feel bad for us because our trip was a disaster. Yeah, we need sympathy. (laughs) But we want you to feel like... You don't need to go on a year-long honeymoon or a year-long trip or a long trip at all to have adventures. You can have adventures in your own backyard, and that's great. Um, But this is about our year-long honeymoon. So we want to preface it by kind of talking about where we came from. And when we met, I was planning on going on this trip, and I'd been saving at my corporate job for five years. And Jeremy was a barista with an art degree who had never traveled. I had never left the time zone. So I'd only gone in a straight line. Like it was Seattle to visit my, and then like visiting my family in Mexico. It was just a straight line up the five. And I think it was on like our first date that I was just like, I'm going to go on a trip, a long (laughs) trip, a travel adventure. And just like, I don't know. It was, it was like our third date because you, you had gotten feelings. You were sprung and you were like, look, this is happening is this relationship something that is worth investing? Because this trip is sort of my priority in my life right now. That's true. Yeah. It's like some people have like a marriage conversation. Uh, I had a travel conversation where I was like, if we're going to be getting serious, I need you to know that I'm going to bounce in about a year and some change. Uh, Peace. And you were like, that sounds fun. And I was like, oh, do you want to come? And you were like, okay. And that was it. That was a that the, sounded like a boring version of a conversation, but that was the that conversation. That was exactly how it went. Yeah. Like, we were really awkward. We weren't having, like, deep conversations at the time. And that's exactly how it went. And so, like, three months later, we were hella committed, um, and we will tell those stories elsewhere. But we basically started thinking of the trip as um, our honeymoon. We, we actually talked about it. We were like, should we get married before we go on this trip together right. or after? And we decided it would be easier if we got married first because of, like, legal shit. Like, su- super practical stuff. And because we were like, maybe people will give us money for our, our wedding. That was it. Which that was, was the practice. Which was, a, like, a lie. That's actually a bullshit expectation. But anyway. I mean, they gave us stuff. I mean, like, we got, like, gear. That's true. We got a lot of really good travel gear. From and our, for our my wedding. work pulled money together and they paid for a zip line. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Which one was that? Was that Ecuador or Costa Rica? I think we just got it in cash and eventually used it on a zip line. All right. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Once we realized that this was going to be our honeymoon, we got to the best part of the trip, which was like figuring out where we go. It's also the best part of planning a wedding. Fun it facts. Is. Everything else about it is trash. I would love a career not as a wedding planner, but as a wedding like Pinterester. Yeah, that was really fun. That was the best part of getting married. Also, I would divorce you right now if it meant that I that we get to do that again. You can just go on Pinterest and just do that. We don't have to get divorced. Nope. So our original plan was to do six months of backpacking through South America. 
um, because it's real cheap. And I was like, oh, we can stretch our our cash. Uh, And then we were going to just casually hike the Appalachian Trail. Well, we thought that we were going to be the types of people who could just up and do the Appalachian Trail. I actually did have like a training plan in mind. We actually hiked every single weekend for a year leading up to our honeymoon, which is bullshit for reasons that you'll find out later because we actually sucked at hiking. Um, But I thought we were going to do all these hikes in in South America. We were going to do training and then we were going to be prepared for the Appalachian Trail. And our entire like wedding uh, gift registry was just hiking and camping shit. Which we have yet to use. We used it at Tahoe once. So the the plan B, like just in case Appalachian Trail didn't work out. Which, we were why g- wouldn't it? I don't know. We were going to spend the back half, so the, the second set of six months, just casually strolling Southeast Asia. Yeah, there's the banana pancake trail, Which backpacker I, trail. I was very disappointed to find out is not just a trail where you eat nothing but banana pancakes. I We still don't. That, that may be what it is. We've never been. We don't and know. You, and you just listen to that song by Jack Johnson until you go insane. Make your banana pancakes. Pretend like it's the weekend now. Yeah. So none of that happened. Uh, four months in South America happened. Yeah. And then like. And everything else was trash. And then like three months in Europe. And then nothing but terrible, terrible happening stateside. And then we went to Mexico. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. So we got married. Have a couple months at home to like pack our shit up and say goodbye to our cat friend, Jasper, who came over every day and we really loved him and he was the best. Can we focus on Jasper for a second? Yeah. I was hoping we would. Our neighbor has this whole menagerie of animals. And one of them is this grumpy old black cat named Jasper who is the neighborhood cat who would just wander around. I sound like I'm reading a children's novel, but I am. So Jasper had like a snaggle tooth and a chunk missing out of his ear and he just made weird sounds. And, and he had like one front tooth missing so he would just drool out of his mouth all the time and it was the grossest, cutest he, thing. He would just stand there and just drool. And his meow was like... Like creaky old bones. Yeah. Just, he was he, such a doll. He sounded like a Halloween decoration. And the best thing about Jasper is that he would come home every day. He would be waiting for me when I got home from work. And sometimes he would come over in the morning before I left for work. And I never fed him. I never fed that cat. Just, we had a relationship that was purely based on his love, not his need for food. And I think that is very special in a cat human relationship. It's very well, rare. We tried to feed him. We tried to feed him yeah, several he, times. He didn't like our food. He did not like our food. He had the house next door was his food house. And we he were had, like his cuddle house. He had a whole like he had a whole like gauntlet of houses that he would hit up. There's like the milk house, the water house, the food house, and we were the snuggle house, which sorry, we won. It was the best. And I really miss that apartment in Jasper. Yeah. So we said goodbye to Jasper and it was super sad. It was actually the saddest day of my life. <laughs> like <laughs> Okay, anyway, we packed everything up. We shipped it off to my mom's farm in Kentucky where I grew up. Um, Yeah, because at that point, we didn't actually know if we were going to end up. We thought that we might go to Kentucky. We might go back to California. For all we knew, we could just say fuck it and just keep traveling our entire life. Yeah, maybe our lives would just change. Maybe we would just sail around the world like, you know, attractive travel people. Yeah, maybe we would just like start a blog and then eventually a podcast who knows that's ridiculous we would, would never, never do that that would never happen but we sent it to my mom's farm because it turns out it's actually cheaper to ship an entire apartment full of shit across the country rather than keep it in storage in the bay area fun fact yep bay area 
things. So we up and left. Um, we hopped on a plane and we arrived in Cartagena, Colombia. was our first stop. Yeah, I remember it vividly. We had gotten on the plane at SFO and I was in pants like and a down jacket and a down jacket because SFO and then a plane and I wanted to be all snuggly on the plane and then I opened the door and holy fuck it is like 98 degrees windy and like humid like we were moist immediately yeah moist um and the I love the Cartagena airport because you you the plane outside like you walk off the plane and you walk into the airport and you're outside then you go inside and it's like mildly cool again and you forget how hot it is and then you go back outside and you're like oh holy balls it is a thousand degrees and it was July you love that I don't know it's kind of cool it's like tro- it's like a tropical little entrance July in the Caribbean with a down jacket on yeah, you were real sweaty. I was real sweaty. So we made it to our hostel. And I remember we like went out to explore because I was like, oh, day one of our adventure. And I think we made it like to the old wall surrounding the city of Cartagena. And we were just like not into it at all. It's like that scene where in like movies where they have this like whirlwind romance and they're like, let's just fuck it. Let's go to Paris. And then they're just awkwardly walking the streets. Because they realize they have nothing in common, actually. What what movie is that? I feel like that's happened never in several seen that. movies. That's the opposite of the cliche. Okay, whatever. We were walking around Cartagena just sadly because we were like, oh, yeah, I'd heard that arepas were good. Oh, yeah. colonial housing. That's cool. This is pretty. It's colorful. Oh, the torture museum. That sounds really interesting. Which made us have this like gut-wrenching realization of we just packed everything away and made the biggest mistakes of our lives it hit us like a ton of bricks yeah like just ultimate regret what did we do to our lives will anybody ever hire us again how are we going to pay your student loan debt like what have we done yeah horrifying i think i burst into tears on the wall and then we just sort of like cried and sniffled all the way back to our shitty hostel and then we laid I remember I I wouldn't like lay in my dorm bed because it was too far away from you and I was feeling really clingy and needy. So we holed up in one dorm bed in a 12-person hostel and just like sobbed and watched Netflix. Jessica Jones specifically. We watched Jessica Jones, which was not a cheery, uppy kind of thing to watch. No, you did have a breakdown on that wall. It's like the most beautiful wall, like looking over the Caribbean and you were just like, what the fuck did we do? Just like ugly crying and just yeah. like rubbing my like snotty face all over your down jacket or whatever. Yeah. And then we did, <laughs> I had changed at that point. <laughs> I don't know. And then we did one of like probably the most shameful things I've ever done in my life. Was it we, shameful or was it like actually really cute? We went on, so we went on next door and that's how everybody had communicated with jasper's mom because they were like i haven't seen jasper in a few days everything okay or like one time he had worms and we were like oh jasper needs medication right that was actually kind of gross that was super gross but we messaged her and we were like we really miss jasper we were like hi we lived down the street from you but then we left and we miss our cat friend can we skype him i don't know if we actually said yes we we definitely asked to skype him i think that we thought about it and i was like no that's too too weird i made you ask him i think we pumped the brakes all i wanted in life was to skype with my fucking cat friend oh you know what might have happened what i might have told you that i did That is the, that, how, what is wrong with you? I could have Skyped him our whole honeymoon. He would have known. He would have, he would have recognized us. He was like the equivalent of a 120 year old (laughs) angry man who was screaming, get off my lawn. We had a special bond. 
We anyway, did. they never they never responded to that very sad message. I like I was like sobbing as I typed it. I was like, I miss my cat friend. It was really sad, you guys. It was super sad. But after we got all that out, we kind of love Columbia. We did. Yeah, it took us about probably a week to not feel like we'd ruined our lives. I get more and more into Cartagena the longer we we're there. Because the first time we were there, we we're like, yeah, it's a city. It's cool. But the more that we spend time there, like the more I just fall in love with it. There's something cool to discover. And we will do an entire episode about Cartagena because we have so much to talk about. Um, but for now, we're going to go to the next thing that we we're supposed to do, which is very ambitious of us. We wanted to do a six-day hike through the jungle to a hidden city um, called La Ciudad Perdida. Yeah, as you do. Just casually. Because I had this whole like Appalachian Trail hiking plan where I was like, let's start with a bang. I've been hiking every single week here in California where it's 60 degrees and there's no altitude and everything is easy to hike on right. um, through the Redwoods. It's lovely. It's lovely it's here. Temperate climate. Super temperate. And so we were going to do the six-day hike. Um, that did not happen. Well, I mean, the first thing that we did was let's go to a beach. A very, very simple task. So we decided to go to a beach called Parque Terona, which is like a jungle on the beach. It's like uh, still inhabited by indigenous peoples and you have to pay like an entry fee to the park. It's a national park. It's, yeah. it's one of Colombia's best national parks. Yeah. And so you pay the entry fee. It's one of the few places in Colombia, really the only place in Colombia that we had to show our yellow fever card. Mm -hmm. And you take a, and everyone says this, 45 minute hike. To the beach. Just through the jungle to the beach. It sounded lovely. Sounded like a like a romp. It took us two and a half hours, I think. And we did not pack enough water or snacks, and there is not water when you arrive. We also hilariously thought, um, why don't we camp on the beach? Oh, yeah, that was big, Because we're adventurous. We were going to get a hammock. We had brought with us like a really cheap little shitty duffel bag uh, that we put a bunch of food in because oh, we went God. to the grocery store. Do you remember what we bought? We bought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and some ham. And a jar of yellow mustard. Why? 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 Because, Just why? Because it was like our emergency rations. But little did we know that you can find food in Colombia fucking everywhere. And you absolutely should not go to a grocery store. Do not go to a grocery store. Go and all of that was so overpriced. Like, I think we paid like $17 for a jar of peanut butter because I didn't realize this. Outside of the United States, peanut butter is a luxury item. Who knew? Um, maybe so, that's why maybe that's why Mr. Peanut has like a top hat and a monocle. Stop. No. So we had this like shitty duffel bag full of food and like way too little water. And we're just like hiking through the jungle for hours. And meanwhile, everybody else is skipping past us in flip-flops and jeans. Like it's no big deal. Like, oh hey. Oh, we're going to the beach. Oh, this is fun. So we got to Parque Terona. And I think within like 20 minutes, we realized we didn't have any cash. Yep. So we couldn't rent a hammock and camp on the beach. Yep. And also we couldn't uh, take a horse back, which is the shortcut way to get to and from the beach. So we had to hike all the way back. And also we couldn't buy water along the way. And also we couldn't pay for the taxi to get to our next destination. So we were we were big fucked. Yeah. So we just kind of became that SpongeBob meme. And we were just like, I'm a head out. 
Yeah, and except just, for panicked. We just walked straight back. <laughs> we just like like depressed and anxiously walked two and a half hours back after spending one minute total swimming in the beautiful Caribbean waters of Parque Therona, which is lovely and you should absolutely go. Uh, don't do what we did. Yeah, like just pack so much water and it's bring cash. It's a hike. Cash. Just yeah. treat it like it's an actual hike, not a jaunt to the beach. Yeah, people talk about it like it's a walk. But you know what? Now that we've come back, we've met so many people who are like, yeah, that's a really fucking hard hike. Yeah. But at the time they were like, oh yeah, it's just like a walk to the beach. It's not. Yeah. It's a hike. So we got back um, and we were like, maybe we don't do a six day hike through the jungle because that four hour hike through the jungle was awful and I hated it the whole time. Well, before we d- decided that, we had the realization, the, probably the best tool in our South America toolkit, which was... If you need to get somewhere, just just like wave. Yeah, we weren't sure like how we were going to pay to get from Parque de Rona to our next destination, um, which was Minca, which is awesome. Yeah. But we just like stood outside, looked white, and somebody came along and was like, I'll, I'll take you. And we you were are, like- You are a white? Yeah. They were like, ah, you got you to gotta go somewhere. I got a van uh, filled with people. It's cool. Yeah. It's called a colectivo, which we learned was a thing. Um, and we were like, oh, well, we don't have cash. And he was like, no problem. We'll take you by an ATM. Tranquilo. Why does he have a Brooklyn accent? That's always know. your accent. Why is it always know. your fucking accent? Hey, you got no problem. It's, hey, uh, no, hey, no hey how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I got a van. I, I got a van. I got, I got a van. <laughs> I got some mozza back there. <laughs> So we hopped in this van. The guy took us by the ATM. It was fine. It was no big deal. Um, and he took us to Santa Marta. And then we hopped on. Uh, do we do we take a moto taxi? No, that was my last trip. No, I had been just, to. I had just, actually been here already. Yeah, we just took a regular cab. So uh, this was actually my second trip to Colombia. I'd been there a couple of years before with my best friend, and we had taken a moto taxi um, from uh, Barranquilla, where she was, all the way to Minca, which I don't recommend. That um, is so far. No, maybe we took a van to Santa Marta. Anyway. That's like a three-hour motorcycle ride. Yeah. I don't recommend it. So we did not do that. All right. Motor taxis, though, are awesome and the best things. Um, So then we were in Minca, which I love. It's the cutest little town. I love it so much. We've also been there three times. Minca is like when you think of sleepy town, this doesn't – that doesn't even begin to describe Minca. It is like this paradise of just – chill it's like this lush jungle that's also up on a mountain so it's cooler and not as humid and miserable and hot um and because you're up in a mountain you have a view of the caribbean from like your hostel where you're hanging out yeah it's also probably my favorite hostel i've ever been in it's called casa loma minca we're gonna have to do an entire episode on minca alone because it is amazing and we love it casa loma this is not a sponsorship like you should go to Colombia just for that hostel. I have been back three times and the four hour trip from Cartagena was worth it just to be at that hostel. There's no service. There's no Wi-Fi. All of the meals are vegetarian. It's up on this giant hill that it's not giant. This is like not an exaggeration. It's a 10 minute stair climb. To us, it was horrible. Because remember when we arrived, it was pouring down rain. Well, yeah, you get used to it. No, but do you remember? Yeah. We were in that colectivo. It started pouring down rain. We passed that motorcycle accident. Oh, shit. And that guy was real fucked up. Yeah. And that that made me think maybe moto taxis aren't as fun as as (laughs) I remembered them being. Cut to two days later and I burned the back of my leg on one. Yeah, well, that's just because you're clumsy. Yeah, that was dumb. He just like wasn't getting on the moto taxi right. Okay, anyway. Uh, our you lesson, had a giant hole on your leg for like a month and I a half. Still have a scar. Um, our lesson, though, was that no matter what the season, no matter what 
your mood, no matter what your activity, it will rain in Minka from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the least. Yeah. You just take a siesta. Yeah. It's chill. Which we didn't know because we arrived at like 2 p.m. and it was like torrential downpour and it was awful. They were like, yeah, you arrived at 2. What do you expect? Yeah. But we love Minka. My favorite thing to do is Pozo Azul, which is like a waterfall. Um, You can hike to it, which we don't anymore because it's kind of a hard hike. It's not. It's just, just for a, us. it's just a long hike and it's, it's like on a though. and it's like on a road, but it's super pretty. The the road part is actually not too bad. It's uphill for yeah. like an hour. Um and then you go down into the jungle. But you don't need to do the hike. You can just take a moto taxi. They go through the jungle and it's awesome. They also kind of go off road. They're still on trail, but it's a rough trail, but yeah, it's, it's like dirt biking, I imagine. It feels like you're going to flip backwards, but you never do. Yeah. And Pozo Azul has like three swimming holes and the third one it's like a what would you say? Like a 12 foot jump? Yeah. It's like cliff, you cliff yeah. jump, but it's, it's like, I didn't do, I've never done it. You did a whole bunch. It was the first time that I cliff jumped. Yeah. Minka was awesome. And I think it kind of restored our faith in the idea that like, this is actually really great. Like this is yeah. what we should be doing. Sure. We're going to be okay. Yeah. E- even though we definitely shouldn't maybe be doing all these crazy hikes, we're going to be fine. So after Minka, we went to Medellin. Medellin. Well, we went back to Cartagena for like a couple of weeks, and then we went to Medellin. Medellin. Yeah, I, either work. Uh, if you've ever seen Narcos, you have seen Medellin. It is the it is the town of eternal spring. It is beautiful for a city. It has a dark reputation, and should I say, not really deserved. Medellin is lovely. It is also, however, the one place that we almost got shanked. That's true. One thing that we were told to do was to take like a, it's like a gondola that goes up the hills. It's like, that's their public transportation. It's part of their subway system, which is awesome. Yeah. And so the gondola stops at like the neighborhood that Pablo Escobar was like. That he built. The dude. Yeah. Um, And so it's still pretty, still pretty poverty stricken. And there's a lot of opportunity crime. That's the one thing that you need to know about the cities in Colombia is that it's not like. It's not like cartels anymore. It's just opportunity crime. Same as any city. And we were on this gondola with, it's like a small, like six person, like ski lift essentially. And this guy had a knife in his pocket and we saw his hand. Well, we think, right? It was, it was. Okay. I didn't want to freak you out. It was. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm so still freaked a, out. He had a knife in his pocket and he was sort of doing that thing where you don't reach into your pocket, but you just sort of like graze it so that whatever's in there pops out. And he kept like eyeballing our possessions because we had a bag, like a cheap little disposable bag, but it had yeah. like our camera and like, which again, cheap, crappy camera. Nothing on us was of any value to anybody really at all. It was just the camera. That was the only thing of value, but we had pulled it out and put it back. Mm, yeah. And he just kept eyeing it and like looking around at us and like shifty eyed and like moving his hand. And like, I don't have, I'm from a farm in Kentucky, right? Like I have zero street senses and I knew we were about to get robbed. Yeah. Then the, and then the gondola reached a stop and we just, we booked dipped. it. We were like, peace. And he like, he had like grabbed whatever was in his pocket and he was like going to move. And I, I feel like the theory, I feel like the, the plan was to just like snatch the bag and run and have the knife. But we got out first. Yeah. And then we just waited for the next gondola and got back in and it was fine. The next stop was like a lovely park. I will say because of the the reputation that Medellin has had because of because of Pablo Escobar, a lot of gringos show up expecting it to just be a sea of cocaine. And honestly... In one area, it kind of is. It's the green. It's they call it Gringolandia. It's El Poblado. Do they call it Gringolandia or do we call it Gringolandia? No, the locals call it Gringolandia. 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Because it's like Portlandia. It's just nothing but gringos. It's just gringos and it's like banging clubs and like dudes on the corner being like, hey, you want some cocaine? I don't know what accent what that was. What the fuck is your accents tonight? It was like kind of Brooklyn kind of. Anyway, it's just people like sneaking around behind corners and being like, hey, you want some cocaine? Yeah, you'll just be walking by and it's like cocaine, cocaine. Oh, all right. Um, that is what it sounds like. Yeah. And, I don't know why, why my guy was Brooklyn. All right. And the only people that we actually saw doing cocaine were whites. All of them were yeah. whites. And they were all in our fucking dorm room. They were all in the same fucking room so with us. So we, we booked a hostel in El Poblado because everybody was like, that's that's the happening spot. And to be fair, El Poblado does have really good coffee, um, which I enjoyed. There was a lovely coffee shop, which was really nice. But we booked this hostel and like it was above this club. So every night it was just like loud ass salsa music, but like not like cool salsa, like white people salsa. Yeah, but we didn't realize that it was above a club because every building in El Poblado is a club. It yes. just does that like Hey Arnold bedroom thing where it just sort of like switches from like, oh, we're an all organic juicery up until six. Then we get it on. Yeah. So everybody in our dorm room was like there to party yeah. so hard yeah. so there was that one guy who like we were having a really cool conversation at first because i had just started a blog like 10 minutes ago oh this guy and he was like oh i'm a digital nomad and i was like oh i've never met one of those how interesting what do you do and then like five hours later we were like deep into seo and i realized that he was just like tearing off pieces of like toilet paper and just stuffing them, stuffing them up his nose and then pulling them out and they were covered in blood. And I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe it's the altitude. It's 2 a.m. Oh, okay. And then there was the dude who he, I, I thought this dude was dead. He fell asleep in the top bunk in a full suit, like shoes and all hair quaffed. And it, his alarm went off. He came back at like three in the morning. His alarm went off at six and he was just sleeping like Dracula to the point where everyone else in the room had to wake up and scream in his face yep. to turn his fucking alarm clock off. And then he just left. And then there was the guy with the suits. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. He was this guy's such a douchebag. He would only wear a towel all day. But just then a towel. It was like the moment that like twilight fell, he like took out like 83 perfectly like dry clean suits that he just hung on his hostel bed and just began like gently arranging various things in his bags, like Tetris style on every single bed in the dorm room. So you'd come back and there would just be like three pills and five dimes and like a piece of hair just like artfully arranged in a grid formation on your bed. And this dude in a fucking towel was just like prancing around in the hostel. Yeah, he was just like taking inventory of all of his shit. But that wasn't what pissed me off. What pissed me off was that he did it on every single bed. Yeah, so I came back and I was like, Hey, so I actually was going to sit on my bed. Could you move your three TikToks? Literally, um, that's exactly how she asked. Like super nice. And he was like, yeah, but you don't have to be such a fucking bitch about it. And like out of nowhere, yeah. I'm 99% sure he was on cocaine. Just well, obviously. Obviously. And like just started screaming at me to the point where I was like, uh, where's my husband? I need protection here, which is not like my norm. Um, but it was very scary. And then Jeremy comes in and he's like, and he's like, uh, she's just being like, I don't He just like did this dude thing with you where he was just like women. Am I right? Uh. And then he like went and puked in the bathroom for like three hours. Also, anybody who knows me knows like if you've talked to me for five minutes, you know, I'm the least like dude guys, dude, there is. Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, it's just that we were like, you know, we were going to get a spa treatment. Yeah, like, that was weird. But you did make some like bro, bro dude friends. You guys oh, went yeah. out for drinks. Well, we had run into the guy that we had met at Casa Loma. That's right. I mean, I, we obviously remember his name, but for privacy, we're not going to say it. We'll just say it starts with an R. Can we just, he was Scottish. He was Scottish and he would play Johnny Cash. Which his is name was like, Rory. Okay. I, we could just, well, who's going to look it up? Okay. What? If you got, know a guy named Rory from, from Scotland. Scotland. How many of those can there be? <laughs> yeah. He's lovely. He was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Rory you hung was, out with Rory him. Rory was a lot of fun. We had some like, this was right when Brexit was going down. So we had some rousing oh, yeah. discussions with some other dudes there. That was fun. Yeah. And after all of the cocaine and partying, By we the decided. By the way, we did zero cocaine. I have no desire to do cocaine, but I certainly don't want to do it in Medellin where it's like 8,000 times stronger than everywhere else. Just putting that out there. That sounds awful. I have been there. Did not want to do that in Colombia. No. We did go. Yeah. Rory and I went to drinks and it was, we wanted a beer, but then they just kept bringing us beers and we were like, oh no, thank you, please. And then they were like, oh, okay. Then Aguardiente. And then they would just drop a bottle of Aguardiente on the table. And it's like, just, just the beer. Yeah, but a guadiente is delicious. It's yeah, it sugarcane liqueur. It is. It's very good. So after all of that, we wanted the most chill we could find because we were like, remember how chill it was in Minka? Mm, that was so nice. Yeah. So the next on the list was Salento. And so Salento is this sleepy farm community that's known for coffee. It's in the Eje Cafetero, which is the coffee region in Colombia. It is so beautiful, lush green, covered in coffee farms and banana trees. And it is absolutely beautiful. And the star of Salento is the Valle de Cacora, which is amazing. Yeah, it is the uh, only it's the only place that you can mm -hmm. see the wax palms, which is the, tr the, um, the Colombian national tree. And it looks straight out of the Lorax. And it's actually the tallest palm tree in the world. Like they yep. go up to the heavens and they are Stunning. And there's this hike through the Valle de Cocora um, where you can hike through it and see them. And we did it. And I'm not going to get into it here because this is going to be another episode. But it was a real disaster, you guys. It was real bad. Yeah, there was a lot of mud and I almost broke my wrist. You hurt yourself real bad. Yeah, I hurt myself really bad that yeah, hike. It was a bad time. But yeah. it was the most beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful hikes I think we've ever done. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, you slid into mud. I'm getting into it. Anyway, um, yeah, Salento was great. It was like quiet little three days um really enjoyed it and then from there we went to san hill of one yeah. kuri fame yeah we have already talked about san hill so we won't focus on it but that was the next stop and i mean one of the highlights of the entire year i mean besides getting married to you obviously what me getting rescued off of a waterfall was your highlight it wasn't a low light oh my god uh, so, so those, those were both awesome. And honestly, I would go back just for them. They're kind of hard to get to. You have to take some long bus rides, but I loved both of them. And then we ended our trip to our month in Colombia in Bogota, which was kind of a low, low point to end on. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. We're not huge fans of the cities and we thought Bogota would be like Cartagena or Medellin-esque where it's like, yeah, it's a city, but like, you know, it's Colombia. It's cool. But it's like... It's a ginormous it's city. It's fucking huge. And like we've been there a few times since. I still have no idea how to use the damn buses to get around. Honey, you live in Oakland and you don't know how to get around. No, but like I There's can Google it. There's one spot it. in the entire world where you know how to get around and it's Louisville, Kentucky. All right. You know what? I had a great time taking the, bu the metros in Medellin. It was very easy to understand. It's just a nice subway. Because there's one direction you can go. Okay. Bogota was not like that. No, it was not. Bogota was really confusing. Yeah, the metro for Bogota, it's like you have to be a local to get it because there's no maps. No maps. It's just a list of stops. 
And so you don't know where those stops intersect or what, and you have to go to the main metro to get a ticket. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I told you. It's very confusing. I'm very good at directions, and I can't do Bogota. And then we had that bike tour, which sucked. That was super problematic. Yeah, like it sucked on a personal level because I I hate biking and I'm very bad at it. And there was like one tiny hill and I was just struggle busting up this hill. And this guy started making fun of me in Spanish, except for I speak Spanish. So I did get to bust out my like insult Spanish, which I never get to use. And I was really excited. It was like it was like in there. It was like an instinct. This guy was like making fun of me. I think he like called me fat or something. And I was just like, du boca, buta. And I was like, oh, damn. Oh. I suck. That just came out. Okay. Oh, oh, damn. So then I felt good immediately afterwards. Um, but it sucked. Yeah. And then there was this other part where we like took a like a quote unquote shortcut through the red light district. And like it's whatever. Right. So like red light districts exist and we have it no problem with, with the sex trade yeah we have no all. problem with sex workers it's not we, like we're like ew gross and what we do have a problem with is just like exploiting sex right. workers for like tourist intrigue right. right we were just supposed to gawk at the sex workers like yeah. they're a freak show he basically was like it's legal within like the the confines of this neighborhood and i was like oh that's like cool to know oh, we're gonna go around right and then it was just like no we're gonna go straight through and then there's just all of these tourists like pointing like oh there's one. Oh, there's one it was really uncomfortable i know and like i felt bad i like <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was really awkward. But the street art that we saw was great. The street Bogota art's amazing. Fantastic street art. And we've been back and we we were told the first time you have to do the Bogota street art walking tour. And we didn't get a chance to do it the first time. We have been back and we've done it. It's make, amazing. Make that a priority. Yeah, that was the best part of Bogota. Also, we got to stay in the JW Marriott because I had some credit card points from my corporate days, and that was the best. That was the most luxe single night of our entire lives. Yeah, we did it up. I don't think we took off the free robes that they provided us the entire time. And remember that pool? It was like a lap pool, but it had like (laughs) waves or something. It was amazing. I felt like I was in a flow ride episode or music video. They gave us like free slippers, and I still have the slippers because that's how much I love them. You have carried those slippers around for the last like four years and i gotta say they are gross it's uh two and a half years first of all maybe three also second of all they are excellent travel slippers they're very thin and lightweight yeah they're really lightweight because the sole is getting like peeled off of them all right well they were free so what do you want from me they weren't free we had to save them from a landfill we had to use a bunch of credit card points whatever whatever So then we flew from Bogota to Quito, Ecuador. Quito was great. Um, Honestly, what I remember the most is the Telerifico. Do you remember we like, there's this giant volcano in the middle of Quito. It's off the side, but okay. Well, I don't know. Our hostel was looking straight at it. So it looked like it was in the center. Okay. So to be fair. I don't know how maps work. Literally everything in Ecuador is a volcano. That's true. Yeah. So it's not like a stretch to say that it's like the center of something because there's always a volcano. So we took the Telerifico up to this volcano and there were llamas there. Not just llamas, but llamas with hats. They had the cutest little hats and you had to pay their handler to take a picture with them. And when you took the picture, you got to wear a hat too. And it was the best thing. And those llamas were absolutely my friend. Even though I had to pay them to be my friend, I'm going to count it. That was probably the only llama that I was able to successfully befriend in all of South America. I think that they were just like bemused, if anything. Well, but they were much more chill than every other llama, which is every other llama I met was haughty. And these these llamas were bemused. And I, I will take that. Haughty? Haughty? <laughs> Keto also had surprisingly good artisanal coffee. And you know I love that. 
Yeah, our hostel was like down the street from a really good coffee shop, which I completely forgot the name of. And I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it, but it was really bomb. And when I Googled it, I found out that there's like 55 other amazing artisanal coffee shops in Quito that we did not try. And now we got to go back to Quito. I also was dead set on climbing the Basilica. And once I did, I was so glad that I did. It's an amazing view. view. That's probably one of my favorite pictures we took from the entire honeymoon. It's absolutely stunning. And you used your GoPro. That was before you lost it. Well... After keto was probably the highlight of my life, honestly. Wow. Not getting married? The second highlight of my life. Wow. Honestly. Not meeting me? The second highlight oh of my, my God. life. Uh, and that was the eight days that we spent in the Galapagos. That was truly, I will say like the rest of the honeymoon sometimes felt like, you know, we were like grungy backpackers and it, it was great, but like we didn't feel like luxurious honeymooners. The Galapagos was the week that I legitimately felt like we were on our honeymoon. It right. was amazing. It's what you want like tropical vacations to be, but they never are because they're usually so packed. And hot. Yeah. The Galapagos were lovely and 65 degrees. And like not full at all. There was not that many people. No, because we actually did um, a self-guided trip. Like we didn't take a cruise. Most people, when they visit the Galapagos Islands, they hop on a cruise, which I'm sure is great. I've never done one, but it's much cheaper to just fly into the islands and um, hop from island to island and stay in hotels. And we actually didn't really realize before we went that you could do that. I didn't think we like watched that one like Galapagos like documentary with Tilda Swinton. Remember where she's just like land of ice and fire and lizards and it makes it look like nobody lives there. The dragons of the land of fire. It's really just like a fucking lizard. You should like, definitely go right. watch it, but it's it's literally just like pictures of lizards like sneezing and Tilda Swinton being like, Ice dragon of this forlorn place of desolation. But that's actually like lovely hostels and hotels there and lots of food. It's great. Yeah, that was the only time that we really just went with the flow. That I was believe, our that was our tranquilo. I believe that um Ecuador was your country to plan. I had planned Colombia and it was amazing. Right. Ecuador was yours. And then Peru was mine, then we won't, we'll talk about that later. Well, the thing about Ecuador and specifically the Galapagos is that you will save money if you just sort of take it chilly. That's not a word. Okay. Chillify it. Chillfully. Chillfully. That's the word you're looking for. Skillfully and chillfully. <laughs> Uh, we just showed up. We just showed up uh, on in uh, Puerto Vallarta with no plans, and we just tried to figure it out. All we had was a flight in and a flight out. We were like, um, this was the moment where we were like, we're going to be backpackers who just go with the flow. We were trying to channel like our inner tranquilo and like just figure it out. And honestly, this was the only time in our entire lives that that's ever actually gone okay for us. We ran into this guy that owned a hostel, and he was like, "Hey, you need a hostel? Because I'm thinking about." opening this one up he had like just created these bedrooms well to be fair we had just gone into like you make this sound really easy we had actually gone into like four other hotels um based off of just like walking down the street and seeing the word hotel and we walked in and they were all like terrible um or there was nobody there they were just like dingy and had some like you're on the ocean so, so you have a bunch of like salt stuff happening in there but this one was new and it was really cheap yeah it was called sueño silvestres yep and it was fantastic and ended up being a great place to stay it was a really good find it was just a few blocks off of the strip and i don't know that i I say strip like it's the street uh and i don't think that we would have actually found it had had he not been just sort of i don't know standing on a street corner looking for gringos i guess yeah 
They, we'll, they were really nice. Yeah, we'll talk about Galapagos in depth on its own episode because every day we had like four different activities. There's so much you can do in Galapagos. We have three posts on our blog about the Galapagos. It's a lot. It's definitely going to need to be its own episode. But I will say that like there were some highlights that I would like to talk about. For sure. Um, For sure. So we so we base ourselves in Puerto Ayora, which is the town in Santa Cruz. Um, there's three inhabited towns. So that's one of them. Then there's Isla Isabella. Um, and then there's San Cristobal. We didn't actually get to San Cristobal, but my favorite of the three by far was Isla Isabella. It's the one that feels like a tropical, tropical island. Yeah. Like you hop up on the beach and there's just like 53 like sea lions just sunning themselves and they don't like care at all that you're there because they're super used to it. And Galapagos is like this magical place where humans and marine life coexist peacefully. Unless you're Darwin, in which case you captured a bunch of giant tortoises and ate them all. But we won't talk about that. He was he was a cool scientist, but also he did some real shady shit. You're telling me that a white man who's a historical figure did shady shit? I know. It's crazy, right? God, I have to get on the get on the horn with my friend who's a professor at Christopher Columbus University and talk to him about this. <laughs> so I think my favorite thing that we did on Isla Isabella was the Los Tunnels tour. Oh yeah, that's where you like you take like a boat tour through these tunnels that were made from volcanic rock, and it has all of the bucket list items for the Galapagos. They're all on that tour. So we got really close, like shockingly close to blue-footed boobies. Oh my God. That was where we saw the little baby blue, like the hairy little blue-footed boobie. And yeah, it had molting. its, it had its, like, it, they were so awkward looking. I mean, the adults are super awkward looking, but yeah. the teenagers were even worse. And the dad was like feeding it and it kept like squawking in its face. And eventually the dad just like shoved its entire beak down its child's throat. And it was like this magical nature regurgitation thing. And I'm not describing this well. There's a really cute picture. That's exactly what it sounds like. Actually, you just you described it as well as you can. <laughs> uh, my favorite was a little bit unexpected because you know when you think of Galapagos, you think of just like scuba or snorkeling. But mine was uh, Las Grietas, which is this like swimming hole between these two giant cliffs, and it had the bluest water I could possibly imagine. And, and we can, went at just the right time when the sunlight yeah. was like sparkling everything. You could see almost all the way to the bottom with this just these rays of like crystalline light. It was so cool. And because the sand was like this white sand at the bottom, it seriously looked like it went on forever. And we um, found a hidden cave and I swam through and had a great time and you slipped and fell and hurt yourself because you're blind without your glasses. Do That's you true. That? I that slipped and it just cut my knee open on volcanic rock, but it was still a great time. It's still one of my favorite things that we did. Yeah. That again, was awesome. Again, we're going to do all of the stuff that we did on that island on a future episode. But let's talk about what happened after we got back to the mainland. Then we went to Cotopaxi. Yeah, Cotopaxi is the famous like cone-shaped volcano. It's the perfect mountain shape that you see in Ecuador. It's like if you drew a volcano as a child, it's like, you know, you draw like a triangle and then like some squiggly lines. Yep. That's exactly what Cotopaxi looks like. Except with like a little bit of snow on top because no, Ecuador. That's the squiggly lines. That's the snow. What kind of are you kid, picturing? What kind of Listen, kid look, just defaults you just do, to volcanoes with you snow? You do like a triangle, no. and then you do a little. Everybody who's going to draw line. a volcano draws it, it with look like it. fire and look smoke coming out the top. You don't draw it with fire and smoke. You draw it like this. Right, you draw our, it with just like a little snow cap. Our sound guy is from Hawaii, and I'm going to have him weigh in on this later on. <laughs> okay, can you stop trying to include my voice? I'm just here to get the audio. That's it. All right. So, that seems like cheating. <laughs> So while we were in Cotopaxi, we were staying in this, um, they call it a hostel, but it was more of just like this like mountain ranch. Yeah. I mean, it was a hostel mountain ranch. Yeah. It was called Secret Garden and it was amazing. 
they had this like it was probably the best banana bread I've ever had. Even like from Hawaii. Speaking of Hawaii, oof, that's it's a, that's a close one actually. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it was free, which was the main thing. They there basically serve banana bread like all day long at this hostel and you just eat it. Um, and it's one of the hostels where like everything is included in your night price, um, which does make it a little bit more expensive. But you get like these amazing family style meals and all the banana bread that you can eat. And that was really great. And we splurged and we stayed in a hobbit hole. We stayed in a hobbit hole. It was not only a private room. It was a tiny circular room built into a hill with like the perfect framed view of the perfect volcano. Yeah. That was very honeymoon-esque. That was very honeymoon-esque. One of the, speaking of honeymoon-esque, that was also where we learned of guard llamas. Yes. I tried to befriend them so bad. But they were working so hard. It didn't work. Yeah. It turns out that every llama in South America is a working llama. Uh, Most of them are used to guard things because they are sassy and they'll spit at you. And I tried to approach those llamas and I, I tried to bribe them with food and like made little cooing noises at them. And all they did was like fluff their little necks at me and trot away adorably. And I... I never befriended them and I'm still upset about it. Well, I did make a friend there because I went horseback riding because that's one of the things you can do is you can horseback ride at the foothills of Cotopaxi. That makes you sound so cool. Just like flipping your like blonde wavy hair in the wind as you like gallop towards a volcano. I did gallop. That was the only time I've ever galloped. I don't know that I believe you, but because I wasn't there because I didn't go because it sounded scary. What were you doing? Uh, I was cuddled up in a incredibly warm poncho made out of llama fur, um, by a fire cuddling a really sweet hostel dog and, um, befriending, attempting to befriend llamas, which didn't work. And there's like a, that big hammock outside. Yep. You spent a lot of time on that hammock and I did a lot of like writing, like I did a lot of blog writing. There was no Wi-Fi, so I had nothing to do but like reflect and write shit, um, which turns out was perfect. I got like three blog posts written because back in the day, my blog posts were like 500 words long and they took like a few hours. Yeah, that was back when Practical Wanderlust was just a way for us to capture our memories because you have a not great memory? No, I can't remember anything. I actually like to research for the podcast. I had to go back in the blog and look at all the things I wrote down back when I remembered it. Practicalwanderlust.com. <laughs> no, but it was like it was like our journal back in the, you know, I was I would be like, I'm writing this from a hammock in a llama poncho overlooking a volcano. I just ate some banana bread, which sounds really boring, but like looking back, I'm like, oh, we were such babies. We used to write like it was live journal. But then fast forward three years to when you're doing it professionally and you'd be like, there's no way to monetize that phrase. Get out of that hammock. No, I'd be like, writers, writers, excuse me, writers, I need you to fix this post for me, please. Post haste. Post haste. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm kind of kidding. I'm really not kidding. (laughs) Uh, so after Cotopaxi was Latacunga, which is like a small town just south that people go through a lot. And it is purely the town that people go through. That yep. is what it's famous for, um, is that gringos have to go there to get to the Quilatoa Loop. Is it the LaGuardia of Ecuador? Oh yeah, totally. All right. That's we didn't do anything there. No. We did nothing. Yeah. It's a jumping off point for the Quilatoa Loop. We, so we dropped our bags which is, that's what you do in Latacunga. You drop your bags. Um, And then we went to go do a four-day hike through the Andes. And you guys are probably sick of us hearing this phrase, but this is going to be its own total episode. Y'all, this was such a hot mess. I So I said it was a four-day hike, right? Except for, for us, instead of it being like, 
four days of high altitude hiking in and out of canyons up in the Andes, it was um, two and a half days with one day not able to hike because we were so miserable and one desperate hitchhike because Jeremy was limping really bad and didn't tell me until the last day. I tore my knee in the last mile. That's such... No, you didn't. You were limping the entire time and you were too like... Well, okay. dumb stoic to say yeah. anything. My knee gave out in the last mile. See, but like the whole time you were limping and you didn't say anything. Yeah, well. It's because you didn't bring trekking poles. And I no. told you to pack trekking poles. You didn't listen to me. I was fine because I had trekking poles and you were just like, oh, if I tell her that my knee hurts, it'll be admitting that I was wrong. And so you suffered the whole time and then injured yourself like an idiot. It's because I have a, like a genetic predisposition to the flair for dramatic. <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> But it's really dumb, though. But anyway, the point is that this was a ridiculously fail of a hike. Like, this is one... This was the hardest hike that we've ever successfully done. Um, and it was a hot mess. No, I mean, we we hiked it. Yeah. Which is not well or right. all of it. We also did the loop in reverse, which was dumb. But that's getting into it. We also, like, I think we spent more time being lost than we did actually on... A, a trail of any kind. Yeah, we were doing the off-road. Yeah, that was a hot mess. We'll come back to that one later. Or you can read about it on the blog if you can't stand us saying that. I know. You get used to that phrase, though. Yeah. So the next destination, um, oh, God, we're going to do it again. But it was Baños. And I love Baños. And Baños has to have its own episode. Yeah, Baños, as in bathroom. Baths. Baths. It means uh, baths. Baths. That's, <laughs> it's called ba- baths because it's a thermal hot spring town. It's at the foot of a volcano because everything in Ecuador is at the foot of a volcano. And um, there's these thermal baths that you can go to at the foot of this giant waterfall. And it's lovely. It's like a spa town, um, but it's also an adventure town. Yeah, we alluded to it in our Sun Hill episode a couple episodes ago. But yeah, it's the adventure town of Ecuador. So I went canyoning there and it was a pretty tough canyoning route, but it was so fun. And whitewater rafting, we went ziplining. I hated it. I had a panic attack. It was terrible. That doesn't deserve its own episode. All you need to know is what I just told you. I had a panic attack. It was awful. I hate ziplining. Yeah, it's not and as dramatic as Sun Hill, but she has a lot of panic attacks, apparently. I'm really glad that you got to explore your adventurous side in Banos. Um, I, I like, really tried. I did. Um, but then I ended up just, like, going to the thermal bass and this really great chocolate shop. And I had a great time not doing adventures. That chocolate shop was dope, though. You basically, it's like this giant library of chocolate. And you just point and you're like, I'll take that one. And then they just make it into a hot chocolate. They just like take the whole candy bar and they just like melt it in some milk and then they hand it to you and it's the best hot chocolate in the world. Ecuador, hands down, best hot chocolate in the world. And I'm including Belgium in that, which is, I know. But they were like serving Ecuadorian chocolate. So that kind of feels like a cheat. I guess that's true. Yeah. So after Baños, um, which was awesome and we're not giving it enough like of anything here. But anyway, after Baños, we went to Cuenca. Cuenca was so cute. Yeah, it was a cute little colonial town. And we stayed in a hotel, which was really exciting. That was very, uh, very flesh. Because we've been doing a lot of like hostels and like we did do the one Hobbit Hole, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, But this was the first time that we had like been in a hotel. Actually, no, that's not true because we did the Marriott that one night in Colombia. Well, it was the first time in Ecuador that we had done like a proper hotel. Yeah. So we're kind of averaging like one hotel per month. Um, It was very exciting. We got to use their free soap, which I still have. I think we just ran out of it actually like three years later. Oh, and I think they gave us slippers that I stole. How many, how many slippers have you stowed away from this trip? I have like a, like a cache. 
of free slippers from hotels. Isn't I can't it, give them away. Isn't it cachet? It may be cachet. Okay, so after Cuenca... We went to Vilcabamba. Vilcabamba. That was so great, actually. We went to this um, resort called Hostria Iskailuma. Yeah. And I say resort, but they had a dorm, which felt like a cheat. Yeah. It was, It. it's seriously, though, even though we were in a dorm, it still felt like we were in a resort. So it's owned by a German couple, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they have this, like, this amazing, like, retreat that's got all this that's got yoga every morning and, and german food on the menu which german is why it's, food. i thought that you were going to bring that up when you said it was owned by a german couple that's only relevant because there's german food on the menu oh well they were really nice anyway it also had um, a spa that is was one of the best massages i've ever had it was i got a facial and it was hands down the best facial i've ever had in my life i like dream about that facial i go to sleep wishing that i could wake up and be in vilcabamba and get that facial again I fall asleep thinking of how lucky I am to be sleeping next to you, but this is fun. Wasn't I? Didn't you say I was like the fifth highlight of your life like 10 minutes ago? Sixth. <laughs> you just got demoted. Um, they also had free sunrise yoga, and that was the only time we did sunrise yoga this entire trip ever in our lives. Yeah, that's ever. true. Let's not. And I, and I had this like idiotic moment of hope. I was like, ah, six in the morning, here I am in Ecuador doing yoga as I shall every day for the rest of my life probably, and then I never did it again. You know what we did there that you really loved though? It was what? that horseback ride that we took. That was probably your oh favorite thing that we've ever done. That was the worst thing. I hated that. Like you described yourself like galloping across the volcanic plains on a horse and it sounded great. I want y'all to picture me um, trying not to fall off of a horse while it's just like galloping sideways down a very steep mountain um, and screaming at the top of my lungs because that is what happened. You it were was just like terrible. Sliding off the back slowly. Well, okay, so like galloping on a plane sounds great, but when you actually try to climb a mountain on a horse, you're just yeah. falling off of the horse's butt the whole time. Yeah, there weren't any switchbacks. We just went right up just and up. right down. And then, yeah, so I'm like falling off of its butt all the way up, like having a horrible time. And then on the way down, you think it would be better because it's like, you know, its head is there. But then the minute it puts its head down to snack, which it did constantly because it was a really hungry ass horse, I was just falling off the front. And then it would like trip sometimes. It would be like, oh, that, sorry, I thought there was a step there, but there's not. I'm just going to like trot down several feet. And I was just, I thought I was going to die the whole time. I think I actually, no, you know, I did have a panic attack. I did. I had to get off the horse and I had to like lay on the ground for a while. I remember that. And then he wanted us to take it. We like went up this hill and like across this valley. And then once we were up at the top, it was really nice. But then he was like. It wasn't. But then he was like, there's a waterfall down there. Take the horse down and go swimming. And no. you were just like hard pass. I but was the like, tour, I've had my fill of waterfalls. Thank you. But the tour had like a set time limit. So remember, we just had to sit we there. We just sat there. At the top of the hill for like the time that it would have taken a better person to go swimming. And my, my horse was just like glaring at me. Like it knew. Like it wanted yeah. to like frolic in the in the waterfall, like the beautiful, majestic Andean horse that it was. And I just, we just glared at each other. It hated me. It wanted to kill me. I really, I had a lot of fun. I bonded with my horse. He, uh, he texts me sometimes, but he, it's when he's drunk. It's really weird. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Sorry. That was really funny. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> then we crossed the border. Oh my God. The fucking border crossing. The border crossing. And like, that has to be like in all caps, like underlined, like the border crossing. This was you a saga. You did that saga. for the outline. I just want the audience to know. I did. I Oh, I didn't underline it. Pretend it's underlined. All right. It was a three-day 
slog. Slog. No, slog, it was, it was slog. Like slog. Yes, that. Right? Isn't That's it what slog? it was. I don't know. Now I don't know. Whatever it was, it took three days and it was a whole thing. So basically there are three ways that you can get from Ecuador to Peru. The first is La Balsa. Then there's Aguas Verdes and Latina. Aguas Verdes is near the coast and Latina is through the mountains. Um, and they're both packed with tourists and there's just a ton of crime going on. So, well, so we've heard. We don't actually so know heard. that. But like if you Google, you know, which Ecuador to Peru border crossing should I do? Everybody's like, ah, there's all this crime. Be careful. But then when people talk about La Balsa, they're just like, oh, it's pretty. It's chill. It's really great. So we were like, oh, let's do that one. Obviously, we have all the time in the world. Yeah. Um, we also, yeah, we also wanted to save money. We wanted the most, like the, the most scenic. It's definitely the longest though. It, yeah. It yeah. took so long. So. But it was really beautiful. It was like lush and green and mountainous. Um, but yeah, it took forever. Yeah. We had to catch a bus like really early in the morning, which, um, excuse you, but we yeah, were, we're not morning people. We were waiting on the side of the highway and this guy at our hostel like hopped on with us. So we made a friend as we were waiting for the bus. Yeah, so then from Vilcabamba um, to Zumba, which is the first leg, it was like stunning scenery, but it was like hella unpaved. Like, I think we were only on pavement like 30% of the time. And the rest of the time, we were literally driving through rivers, which was kind of cool, um, crossing sketchy bridges over rivers, which was kind of scary, or just like bumping along on dirt roads. But it was, it was not like that was fine. It was really pretty. I didn't hate that. So once you're in Zumba, there's like a little like station that they put you in that looks sort of like it used to be a bus station because there's nobody there. But you basically have to wait around for what's called a ranchero. What's a ranchero? It uh, looked like it was bought off a discount lot at Disney World. It uh, it was just like a truck with like these like paneled benches. Uh, it's like that. It, it looked was, like a truck, like had a baby with like the like safari jeeps that they drive at Animal Kingdom in Disney World. Yeah, it was like the front's a truck and the back is a bunch of church pews. Yeah, that's what a ranchero is. There's not like there's no doors, there's no handles, there's no seat belts, and there's no hope for like a comfortable ride. Uh, so it was just the two of us, and then this random guy. I, I forgot his name. I want to say Sam. I want to say Scott. Mm, something white. Yeah, something white. Uh, so it was just the three of us and just a bunch of teenagers. It was like, that was what they took the bus to school with. Yeah, this was like their regular commute. So they were all super tranquilo, just like hanging out. It was like your students, basically. Yeah, and they just kept hopping on, hopping off. It was like, is that a school? Is that a house? But it was the bumpiest ride of my entire life. Yeah. Like I, rem I made a note to myself um, and it ended up in the blog post and it said, wear several sports bras. That's what it said. I think I was just wearing one. It was not enough. I love that it's several. Several sports bras. Um, and our bags were like bouncing around the floor because you have to put them on the floor, obviously, because why would you have like, you know, storage? Um, and Leah got nervous. So Yeah, because it was like a bag full of our like priceless electronics, which cost, I think, $200 in total. We had, we had like a Chromebook in there and that shitty camera. Yeah. So was, I like... It was everything. I like propped the bag on my lap and it kept bouncing on my lap that sounds really uncomfortable yeah it was just hours of bounce also there weren't windows i finally understood more bounce to the ounce what 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 ounce what ounces <laughs> did you like weigh our electronics bag you're gonna have to explain that one. Oh my god can you just move on no explain yourself <laughs> um 
Yeah. So although this was like this, the most uncomfortable ride of our lives, it was definitely the most beautiful leg of the journey. It was like lush green mountains and these beautiful green canyons covered with banana trees and these like bright yellow cacao pods. And it was just absolutely stunning. Just gorgeous scenery. And finally, we reach La Balsa and we are in Peru. But then the Peruvian immigration officer was like, did y'all get your passport stamped? And we we hadn't. So we had to walk back across the border, to get, get our, our passports stamped. We had to get them stamped. Aww. And then we went across the border and we were in Peru. So we got six-month visa stamps. Because uh, they, they were just handing them out like candy. They were like, how long do you want? And we were like, I don't know, two weeks. And they were like, here's six months. Yeah. We actually needed two months, so it was yeah, fine. We did need a while. But they th- there was like collectivos there. And so we hopped in and we were like, we're finally in Peru. We're doing it. Let's take us to San Ignacio. Because we were this is still part of the border crossing. We were like halfway through the border crossing. Also, we didn't they're not called colectivos in Peru, honey. They're called combis. Oh, that's right. Combis. Yeah. My bad. Same thing, though. It's just like a van full of people taking you to wherever you want based on whatever their number system is. It's fine. It's great. You can go anywhere you want in South America. I really wish that was a thing in like the U.S. So we take off and we're like, we swapped the lush jungles and cacao trees for like farms. Yeah. Kind of like arid farms. Cause all of Peru's farms are in like valleys and all of Ecuador's farms are on the sides of mountains. Right. Um, And so it was just like, it was like kind of like deserty. Yeah. For hours. Yeah. Actually, for the, like the next two months. Yeah, well, that's Peru. Actually, it's not. There's like the Amazon. Yeah, that's true. But we didn't there's get that, there. There's that thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we spent the night at San Ignacio, um, which is a town. It's a, it's a town? There's streets? Yeah. And we did like the cool backpacker thing where you just like show up and you find a place. And we were like, oh, we did that in the Galapagos and it worked out great. It didn't work out great here. No. We just wandered around until we all got really cranky, us and our like hostel friend Steve or whoever. Yeah. Um, and we eventually found a really cheap place that I think cost us like $6 a night with no hot water. I don't think there was Wi-Fi and we had to walk up four flights of stairs, but yeah. there was a bed. And the stairs were super low. So we had to like squat and walk up these stairs. Remember that? With like our giant backpacks. Our giant backpacks. Yeah. And then, um, and then the guy that we were that we were traveling with, he just bounced first thing in the morning. Yeah, what the fuck, Simon or possibly Mark or John or? <laughs> I thought we were friends. Yeah, I can't I thought, believe he I just thought, bounced. I thought we were friends, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> so next we went from San Ignacio to uh, Yaen to Bagua Grande. You know, I'm just like reading off places. We went to a bunch of places. Yeah, it was uh, just a bunch of bouncing around. Just to, like a lot more places and the final leg of the La Balsa journey was we took a colectivo from Bagua Grande to Chachapoyas and Chachapoyas was like our destination. Yeah that was like the that was the final stop that was like the that was like the beacon at the end of this all. But this colectivo slash combi um, was ridiculous. Do you remember this? I thought I literally thought that this was where we were going to die. Yeah. Like not the ranchero. The ranchero was uncomfortable but I wasn't like afraid for my life. Just, yeah it was like slow but yeah. But this, like, I genuinely was afraid for my life. Um, Okay, so first, basically, they just, like, let us out at a little, like, 
stop. Yeah, we wanted to get like coffee or whatever. I don't know. It a stop doesn't really describe. There's a building, yeah, and it's a building where everybody has decided to stand around and wait for the collectivo. So we're there, and you got a popsicle. Yeah, because I'm an ice cream fiend. And you were sitting next to like that rooster, and I took a picture of you like eating a popsicle next to a rooster because I was like, heh. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything like different about this rooster at the time. It's South America. You get you get used to animals wandering around saying Spoilers. Hi. There was. <laughs> it sounds so much more ominous. <laughs> he just comes up again later. Um, so we were like the collective or the combi finally shows up and we all pile into this combi and this guy just swoops up this rooster, which by the way, was like a beautiful rooster. It was a gorgeous rooster. Yeah. Look like the roosters that we had on my farm growing up. They were dicks, though. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. Weird flex. <laughs> uh, but this guy, like, swoops up this rooster and just, like, steps on the on the van and everybody's just like, yep, that checks out. And it was it was kind of weird because there was literally a bag of chickens on the roof. Oh, that's right. They, you like, could tell because they were all squawking in a bag and we were like, that's really sad. No, right. Somebody should maybe not have chickens in a bag on a roof. But then this guy just, like, takes this rooster and puts them on his lap and just, like, pets him. It was kind of like, you know, like Dr. Evil had like that cat. That was like what this rooster was. He was definitely a fighting rooster, but he was like a prize fighting rooster. Did you not know the name from Mr. Bigglesworth? I'm sorry. Jeez. I didn't remember. So anyway, we'd like take off and the driver of the combi was just like, he was like he was playing Mario Kart. He was doing the most. He was literally passing everybody in sight. Like I think at one point we may have raced a plane. I'm sure we did. He was like one of those assholes who would like speed up and then like pass somebody and then immediately slow down just to piss them off because how dare they be in front of him. Don't you mean everybody in California? He would fit right in in California. Like lanes were a complete joke to him. He would cross into the wrong lane to pass every car. And then like when there weren't any cars, he would just like play chicken with the cars going the other direction by just like crossing in front of them and then like slowly drifting over at the last possible second. It was terrifying. Yeah, like the road was his, but everybody was just trespassing. And so at first we were on like a highway through a valley and it was like, you know, we were definitely going into oncoming traffic a lot, but it was, it was not so bad. But then we hit the mountains Oh God! and the road turned into this like mountain pass where one side was literally just this sheer rock face. And the other side was just this like massive fall to icy river death. And that road was terrifying. And it was like, it was like the world was just challenging him. This dude went faster through this section. Yeah. It's like he hit the mountain treacherous mountain pass road and he was like i'm gonna really crank this up a notch and then not only did he speed up homie pulls out his cell phone and started texting not calling texting and so like here's the thing after like four months of backpacking through south america we're very used to like being afraid for our lives on buses and we're also very used to being the only gringos on a bus and usually we're the only gringos on the bus that are like the only people on the bus that are anxious at all no matter how fast we're going no matter how treacherous the road is but this particular day, we were not the only ones that were freaking out. No, usually it's like everybody's, everybody else is chill, so we should be chill. We're just being super white. But we were in trouble when we realized that the locals in the van were freaking out and they started yelling and praying and yes. begging the driver to slow down. Like, I don't think I've ever been as scared as when the woman next to me started praying. And like, I wasn't fluent in Spanish at this point, but like, you're going to kill us. Please slow down. I have children at home is easy to understand in any language. 
And I find every reason to be anxious. And this was just the peak. We were like holding onto the sides. We're screaming at the driver. Everybody is screaming at the driver. And he's just like on the phone with somebody telling us all to shut up. And everybody is freaking out. And the one passenger that was totally chill was that fucking rooster. And he was just sitting on his owner's lap, just getting petted, giving zero fucks. I wish I was that rooster. I wonder if he has an Instagram. I aspire to be that rooster every day. Yeah. And then finally, after 34 hours of, of travel, after leaving Vilcabamba in Ecuador, crossing all the way over the border to Chachapoyas in Peru, the end of our two-day border crossing journey was over. And here we were in Peru. Ah, uh, yes, Peru. The land of llamas, lost kittens, and our most expensive disaster to date. Oh my God, babe, spoilers. Also, you're wrong. It was our second most expensive disaster to date. I disagree with you. No, seriously. Look it up. Anyway, you're going to have to tune in next time to hear that part of our ridiculous, disastrous honeymoon. And like earlier, we said that this is going to be a two-episode series, but I, I don't think we can get it done in two. I believe in us. Have you met us? Who would have faith in us? Wow. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye.